Welcome to the Commune Podcast. My name is Jeff Krasnow. Uh, many of you may receive my weekly Sunday Commusing article, where I address a breadth of issues from the spiritual to the physiological to the sociopolitical. And on occasion, I will also record an audio version of these articles and release it here as a bonus episode. This week's episode is written and recorded by author, poet, and spiritual teacher Danielle Laporte. It is excerpted from her outstanding new book, How to Be Loving. Now, here's a short preamble that Danielle's essay inspired. We are anchored to our sense of self through a feeling of physical and psychological continuity. We look more or less the same day to day, though, of course, there have been billions of cellular deaths and rebirths since our last gander in the mirror. A mere flip through a photo album is enough to demonstrate that nothing about my physical corporeal organism is permanent. Am I the cherubic baby, the disheveled college student, or the more distinguished denizen of middle age that records this podcast? Of course, I am none of those things. I am a process spontaneously emerging moment to moment. Psychologically, the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves day to day also moor our self-identity. But upon closer inspection, our personal folklore is as transient as our gut bacteria. Our opinions, our priorities, our affiliations, they're fickle over time. Even our most personal stories bend to comport to the human we want to be on a particular day. Every experience of the past is happening in the present, and in this way the present creates the past, like a boat creates the Kelvin wake behind it. Being moored to our past chains us to our narrative life. We rehash the painful chronicles of our existence and project them into the future as negative anticipated memories. It's not that trauma isn't real, but trauma, as Gabor Mate succinctly elucidates, is not what happens to you, but what happens inside you. It is not the agonizing event itself of neglect or abuse or racism or oppression. Trauma is the suffering that you bring forward, what Peter Levine calls the tyranny of the past. This realization gives us the agency to let it go. This great exhale is often the product of moving from our narrative lives to our experienced lives, the ones happening right here, right now. This thorny shift is the target of myriad therapies and praxis. Now, how lucky we are to have brilliant minds like Danielle Laporte helping us navigate such a thicket. Now, if you're interested in taking Danielle's Desire Map or free and clear course, we are more than thrilled to offer them, along with other courses from Marianne Williamson and Deepak Chopra, on Commune as part of our membership offering. You can try it for free for 14 days by heading to onecommune.com trial. Without further delay, 
Here's Danielle Laporte with an excerpt from her new book, How to Be Loving. It is titled, Bless and Release. Hello, my loves. This is Danielle Laporte. And the story I'm about to give you is inspired by my book, How to Be Loving, When Your Heart is Breaking Open and the World is Waking Up, which, of course, you can get wherever you love to purchase books. We're calling this Bless and Release. Here we go. Here's my main thesis. Retelling old stories can hold us back from healing. I have had plenty of therapy, plenty of therapy. I have had Jungian therapy, Gestalt therapy, a Jewish Buddhist psychotherapist who loved to call himself a Jew boo. Most of my friends have had a ton of therapy, which means I have gotten therapy by proxy. Goes like this. So what did she say about him projecting all that stuff onto you? Oh my God, that's brilliant. You know how it goes with your girlfriends. So for that matter... A bunch of my friends are actual therapists and coaches and healers or facilitators. And I trained some of those facilitators myself. So I am covered. There's been heaps of recapitulation and reclamation in my personal processing. I have cried. I have talked. I have tapped it out. And with the exception of one very cranky counselor, who I'm sure was projecting her unresolved issues onto me and then accusing me of transference. You see, this is the shit you say after you've had a lot of therapy. With the exception of her, I am very grateful, deeply grateful for every single hour doing the work that helped free me to loving awareness. There were some very skilled mind knowers who guided me through my darkest passages of my life, and I am indebted to them. But when we stay attached to our experiences, we can create more suffering. So the healing inquiry is this. Are you willing to give over one painful experience and the suffering that came with it to your heart for healing? Are you willing to give over the pain to your heart for it to be healed? Because that's the only place it can be healed. Just one painful experience. And then could you give another and another, bringing each experience upward from your subconsciousness to your consciousness to be completely loved so that it can then be fully released because it's not going anywhere until you completely love it. I think that the most sincere and genuine healers guide you to fully examine your woundedness, to look at its origins and its impacts, and then to help you free yourself of those impacts. So we dive right into those watery realms of past pain. And then we reclaim the parts of ourselves that got dislodged by those floods of tragedy and trauma. And then we resurface and we are more whole and we are more buoyant. Now, ideally, we just keep flowing after that healing downstream with our lives. We move on. 
But the shadow self loves those murky waters. It finds that wateriness of pain so tempting, and it loves to send us back unnecessarily to stir up old memories. And so we keep talking about our painful events, go on and on with the retelling. And then what happens is we turn that trauma into a main character in our life's theater. You know, somehow we just keep finding these very subtle or very overt ways to reference that pain in all of our conversations. We impose past storylines on what's playing out in our current life. So we might talk about how the new challenging person in our life is just a repeat pattern of someone in our family of origin. We will say, she's just a replay of my mother. Or this is the father wound all over again. And yes, Psychology 101 is going to tell us that we repeat patterns until we become more conscious and we break the cycle of those patterns. The wounded self loves to recreate what's familiar, even if what's familiar is unhealthy. And so we can get trapped in this analysis merry-go-round. And we keep looking at our present through the lens of our past. And we walk through the world, through our relationships, asking, how is this a reflection of my past? And you know what? That's an incredible disservice to our healing. And it really pushes away the opportunity right in front of us to just love what's happening now. So let's say that a parent or your father figure was absent. And so unconsciously, you marry someone who is absent. They're out of town a lot for work and it's a source of pain. And so it's also a source of healing for you. Or another past example, maybe your sister stole your boyfriend in high school and now you're in a business partnership in real time with someone who's always stealing the limelight from you. So those old patterns may in fact be playing out. It's legit. So on one level, it's really productive to make the connection between past pain points and then what we're creating in our current life. It's productive. It's good. It's useful. Now notice I use the term created and what we created in our current life, not the term what we attracted. I think attracting as a term, it kind of sounds more passive. Um, it's more passive than how manifestation actually works. Created as terminology feels more dynamic and more responsible. So, you know, we like to think that we attracted that bad character, but that we created some good fortune. But in reality, we're creating all of it. Okay. Let me jump back to how our past shows up in our present. So seeing what we're creating is brilliant self-responsibility. It's definitely a means to empowerment, but there's a shadow side to this. There is a shadow side of correlating our past with our present life. We keep digging up what we want to lay to rest. And when we do that, what we're doing is 
We're re-energizing that old pattern. We're giving it energy. That energy is going to hang out in our auric field. We're reinforcing the old form. So the retelling of those painful stories can actually hold us back from healing and attracting the new stuff that we want into our life. Perspective informs our reality. Perspective informs our reality. So if we choose to perceive people, people today, as repeats of our past, then we're just going to keep repeating the past in so many ways. We can choose to let someone be who they are for us today and not a hologram or a composite of yesterday's issues. Okay, here are some oversimplified instructions on how to let go of the past. Step one, you identify the wound. Identify the wound. Where do you feel restricted or weak or incapacitated? Step two, you identify the impacts of the wounding. So how does the woundedness affect your thoughts, words, and actions? It's the impact of the wounding on your thoughts, words, and actions. Step three, and I'm making this sound way easier than it is, but it is actually quite simple. You apply the medicine of forgiving and loving kindness for yourself and for others onto the wound. And then finally, step four, you leave the past in the past. You see the people and the events of today through a loving gaze, which is to say, you let love dissolve your doubts. All right, home stretch. Let's talk about letting go versus cutting cords. So if you've done some metaphysical homework, and my guess is that you have because you are here, then you've probably come across the idea of, quote, cutting energy cords, end quote. So cutting cords with people and places. You know, we just send all that energy back to its source and we cut, cut, cut those cords. Now I give props to that practice. That practice can be a very powerful remedy to imbalances. It can really help us protect ourselves. But sometimes if you're in an emotionally volatile space, it can be difficult to dissolve those energetic ties with people that you are angry at or with a situation that felt wounding or hurtful. And my experience is that the gesture itself of cutting ties can have this underlying aggression. And that will just generate more angst and aggression, which is just another energy hook, which is just more of the same story, which is not the direction we want to be going in. You cannot let go of something that you are aggressively trying to let go of. You know, the grip is still there. So what we want to do is to gently and thoroughly let go of all the residual scars of a painful connection uh, or an event. 
You want to let go of your part in the pain and their part in it and the pain in the middle and the pain over the pain. And then we want to offer it all up to be transformed into a higher vibration, which by the way is how we create wisdom. And we do this with the help of the divine, with the help of love. We refine our suffering into light. So we don't want to approach this as a cutting away or as a separating from our sorrow. This is about turning to the divine, to our heart center, with our pain, bringing that to love, and then being healed through that connection. So ultimately, ultimately, this is about identifying with our expansive nature, our essential self. So ultimately, this is about identifying as our true nature, as our divine essence, identifying with our expansive nature instead of feeling constricted. Constriction grips and expansion has room for things to flow. And when we're expanded, we open ourselves to receive more healing and more blessings. So nothing leaves until we thoroughly love it. It's what everything we created wants, just to be loved. We can't curse it to release it. We can't attack it to release it. That only creates more clinging and more pushback. You bless it. Maybe it sounds like this. Thank you for what you taught me. May you be free. And then, whatever it is, a relationship or a painful thought form, it gets what it's always wanted, some love. And then, then it goes on its way. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Commune Podcast. If you're interested in taking Danielle's Desire Map or free and clear course, we are thrilled to offer them, along with courses from Marianne Williamson, Deepak Chopra, Wim Hof, Russell Brand, and many others on Commune as part of our membership offering. You can try it for free for 14 days by heading to onecommune.com slash trial. And feel free to drop me a note any old time at jeffk at onecommune.com. And if so inclined, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's all from the Commune for this week. My name is Jeff Krasnow, and I am here for you.